Hooray, hurrah, and welcome to the Halloween version of the Greg Proops Film Club here at Hollywood's most enchanting confabulation, or rather the hipster Hollywood's most enchanting confabulation, the Los Feliz Trace, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's classic uh, program by Jennifer, my wife, the 1961 awesome thriller, The Innocents. Thank you, Proop Castilians, and all of you who are joining us, and those of you who are joining us online as well, here at the American Cinematheque. Uh, oh, kittens, I forgot to start the recording. I'll start that again. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and welcome to tonight's classic, the 1961 thriller, The Innocents. Yes, Halloween time in Hollywood takes on a different meaning uh, this year, of course, uh, because the means of production have been taken away from so many of us here in the room and left us uh, gaping at the enormous black, uh, endless chasm, the starless void that spins ceaselessly into the infinite, infinite beyond that is the soul of the producers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the frosty Arctic realm where no life can find purchase, where no creativity is acknowledged, where no smile is, is, is meant anything, where no um, comment is other than caustic or bottom line, where no jokes are allowed, where no negotiation is uh, contrived, where any type of capitulation or warmth or humanity has been removed from the situation. Uh, the producers, um, by the way, um, a lot of people will say, well, they're just people too. It's not true, ladies and gentlemen. Let me disabuse you of that misapprehension. If there's one thing I've learned after being in show business for over 250 years, and yes, I started with the undead Who's Line cast in 1898, is that producers have no souls. That once where there was a soul is an obsidian chip. Sharp and brittle, lethal, where no sort of uh, countenance of any sit, my darling. Oh, you're the photographer. Take the fucking picture. Take a picture. You're not going to take a picture now. Thank you. Uh, where, where no humanity can be found. Um, Having been to Mexico City earlier this year, and Mexico, of course, being the most glorious, thank you, of all of our sister republics, uh, and the one closest to us physically, uh, I can assure you it's Halloween almost every day in Mexico. And I was reminded as we reviewed uh, the Great Pyramid and uh, saw the Temple of the Sun's Runes, and viewed the enormous rock where each victim had been drugged and then laid down, much like many of us are before any type of success hits us. Drugged, wreathed in garlands, flutes playing, and carried by virgins to a barren where we're laid prone and our chest exposed so that the producers may rip our heart out and feed it to Sony. So that the rain, thank you, that the rains will continue. <clears throat> the Mexica people believed that without blood, um, humanity would stop because the gods thirsted for blood. Here in Hollywood, we know that that is not just a myth that it is absolute literal truth. 
and that without our blood, show business will not inch forward grindingly like the terrible mole digging through the underneath uh, of the world, uh, searching for that one um, spout of light in the golf course in Culver City where they might pop up. <laughs> Instead, the golf cart of terror reigns and drives from hole to hole to bury those who would pin the flag of glory upon art. There is no poetry allowed by the producers of Hollywood because there is no poetry written on money. Instead, <laughs> nothing but the harsh Latin. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. And in Hollywood, we know who that one is. It ain't you. People say Hollywood is evil and that there's no Jesus here. There is a Jesus. He works in turnaround at Paramount and you have to fillet him to get what you want in this world. <laughs> this is from a publication here that people read in Hollywood. And by the way, if you're listening elsewhere outside of show business, tough shit. We have to hear about how you go to a diner and shit all the time and how you shoot up your schools and shit. So fuck you, this is our world. We have to hear about your BTK killer, BTK, I can't even get it out. Your BTK killers and your children of the corn and your high school fucking basketball tournaments and your freaky speakers of the house who, who buy black children when they're 14 years old and then somehow ascend to being third in line for the highest uh, uh, level of office in the entire free world. We have to hear about that shit all the time about the mythical beings that you believe in that rule your world that there's a guy that flies around that lives in the sky and shit who's judging you and that's who's telling you to hate black people we have to hear that shit every goddamn moment of our lives no wonder people love superhero movies they seem like a fucking documentary compared to what it's like living in Iowa if you have to believe that there's some overarching white guy with a beard flying around that's gonna help you out, uh, and that he wants you uh, to hate all of our LGBTQIAZ brothers and sisters, and that uh, they detest other genders, and that they think that people go into bathrooms to molest heterosexuals. Heterosexuals are dangerous on their own. They need no aid from any other, any other sexual orientation. Heterosexual men are the poison of the fucking universe. And I am a heterosexual man, so I speak with some authority. When I tell you that I have glands behind my ears that will flap forward like a basilisk, and I will spit a wad of hatred so hard in your eye, you'll never see the light of a black president. How do you know so goddamn much? I have relatives. Oh, Biden's not president. Oh, COVID's not real. Oh, vaccination doesn't work. Oh, it's not the guns, it's people's hearts. Wow, how do my cousins have time for all that shit? How do they have time to attack the Capitol? I thought they were busy trying to clean the dead refrigerator off their fucking lawn in front of the double wide trailer and the dead tire swing in the weird blue bucket before they go score meth and beat their children while they're fucking having sex with them because their team lost. If this is getting harsh for you, you need to stay right where you are. <laughs> this is Halloween. This is Halloween. 
Jewish comic scream in the dead of night. Uh, we have many publications here that cover show business, all of which are completely unbiased, absolutely objective, and would never, ever, ever take the point of view of anyone except the poor put-upon wage slaves who ceaselessly toil day after day, being driven by our overlords with their cat-o'-nine-tails soaked in brine, whipping us, raising the wheels on our back as we push the giant cogs of show business forward, joke by fucking knob, joke. And one of these publications is called um, Dead Line. <laughs> Very Halloween. First of all, the group that we're negotiating with, and if you don't know what I'm talking about at this late goddamn juncture in the conversation, and yes, me talking is a conversation. <laughs> consider it a conversation you learn something from, the first one in Hollywood. Um, that was a joke too, but please maintain. You respect every joke with a moment of silence, and that's what I love about you. I'm not here to bullshit you. That's what your agent's here to do. And I'm not here to lie to you. That's what your manager's here to do. And I'm not here to fuck with you. That's what your fucking, the, your boss is here to do. I'm here to tell you the goddamn truth. The producers are called the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Uh, 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 and under whose flag do they ally? One asks. What gelé rouge? Thank you. With a, with a snake crawling out of the eye, do they ally under? Have you ever seen a producer happy in a meeting? Have you ever been in a meeting and told a producer anything and had them go, <laughs> I love art. <laughs> no, you have not. Art is as foreign to the people who run show business whoop, as it is to the people who run the art world. Take your time and think about that. Um, they might be making cars or firearms or weaponry or beans or whatever it is that the capitalists of the world do. Um, Fritz Lang, I think, said it best uh, in the movie Metropolis when he showed people endlessly working on a line for no uh, reward whatsoever. And then a glowing robot appears and we're all distracted briefly and go back to our, our work. The Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, this is from Deadline. Saturday's virtual session between the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers and Guild leaders Fran Drescher, Duncan Crabtree, Ireland, and the SAG After Negotiation Committee has just ended. Saturday's virtual session was described to Deadline as a deep dive into the heart of the matter. <laughs> Tuesdays on Hulu, the Zoom meeting. Watch Fran Drescher take on the representatives of the Alliance of Motion Picture Producers for hours at a time. Watch their vast indifference fill everyone's throat till they choke. The major studio gang of four, it's the way it's written. 
the major studio gang of four. Disney's Robert Iger. Netflix, Ted Sarandos. Warner Brother Discovery CEO, David Zaslov. And NBC Universal's Donna Langley were not in attendance today. Where were they? Is there something more important than draining California of six and a half billion dollars? Is there something more important than 45,000 people searching the streets for work who no longer can because we are not making Iron Man 16? <laughs> Apparently they have somewhere real important to go that doesn't include negotiating with the actors. Uh, today's meeting comes after a Friday session via Zoom that many describe as underwhelmed. <clears throat> you can see that the writers have settled their strike and that they haven't helped the writers at deadline at all <laughs> because I think you'll find the word to describe it is an adverb, underwhelming. You cannot describe a meeting as underwhelmed. One may feel underwhelmed, but one may not characterize something else as underwhelmed because you are the subject, not the object. The meeting is underwhelming. The feeling I left after the meeting was underwhelmed. I have no idea what a whelm is, but I have a good idea that it looks a lot like David Zaslav's foreskin. Gray and speckled mottled, obtrusive, horned, crunchy, <laughs> glistening in the everlasting moonlight with spectacles on and an ability to count backwards from a billion. <laughs> the studio's proposal this past week was in response to the actor's ask, stay seated for what we wanted, 57 cents per subscriber, annual charge for streamers. So to translate that to the people who live in the world and don't live here, a streamer is your Netflix or your Hulu or your Amazon or any of the other or your Disney AI. That's what a streamer is. They changed the paradigm because they came way too fucking late to the party. 10 years ago, when all of their 11-year-olds were showing them that the entire world was happening on the phone, all of the execs had a giant meeting in Davros, Switzerland. And as they dined off the back of poor people and took a staircase made out of children to their palace, and yes, and ate diamonds with half and half on them for their lunch, they decided that keeping network TV alive was gonna be a real good idea looking the future right in the fucking face and denying it. Then, with an all-encompassing rear guard movement, they decided to take everything away that we once liked and put it on a streaming service so that you'd have to pay a fee for what once before was free. And did the quality go up? You, as Robert Evans would say, you bet your ass it didn't. <laughs> 57 cents per prescriber. Let's say, or subscriber if you wish, I am sub to no one, I am pro. 
Say there's, uh, for instance, 10 million Netflix subscribers. That would be 57 cents times 10 million. Um, you wouldn't even notice it on your annual bill, or if you were a producer, your annual bill. Thank you <laughs> for acknowledging that anal joke with the quietude that it requested. <laughs> the request by SAG-AFTRA drew a great amount of ire among studio brass. I've been to meetings and I've seen the studio brass on television and on YouTube. At no point have I ever seen them actually wear brass on their bodies. They do not wear brass buttons, nor do they wear epaulets, nor do they adopt an admiral's hat with a plume in it. If I were negotiating, I would insist upon this, <laughs> that they dress as brass if they are to be called brass. Because your whole cashmere sweater Gucci loafer thing Fucking Apple Watch isn't fucking doing it for me. If I want to hate you, I want to hate you like the comic opera villain that you are. Not like my Uncle Morty who just came back from Palm Desert. The studio suspended talks on October 11th. By the way, we're calling this a strike. It's not a strike. A strike would mean that um, the workers stopped working. We didn't stop at all. The studios refused to pay anyone any goddamn money for what's happening, and that's where the horror lies. Sarandos emphatically called the actor's suggestion a levy on subscribers. You know, I've issued so few levies in my time. <laughs> Mind you, <laughs> tariffs, Taxes, bail, I've <laughs> I have tried to reprice sorghum and wheat so many times. <laughs> the cargo that takes the keel boats of the Missouri River. Sure, someone might weigh a levy upon them. But we, the actors, evidently have seen our audience and gone, we wish to weigh a levy upon you. <laughs> a levy of unendurable pain and hardship. We are talking 57 cents every 365 days. From, thank you, one person found that funny. Everyone else is like, that adds up, man. <laughs> if I wanted to talk to David Zaslav, I would buy a Sara Lee cake and just talk to it. <laughs> this is where I love show business writing. Some on the studio side argued that a subscriber charge would back. Whoa, 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 whoa. Some? Who? Who's on the studio side? This is in deadline. Who on the studio side? You know their names? Which lick spittle, lackey, brown nosing, worm tug bag of shit that crawled out from under Mordor's darkest fucking volcano was this? <laughs> Which gruesome fucking golem that is about to have their finger bit off and pushed into fucking Mount Doom was the one who said, not just said, argued that a subscriber charge would backfire for actors given a downturn in an OTT service sub. You know, the, the phrase OTT service sub just springs to your lips, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? When you ask your aunt in Tucson, Arizona what they're watching, remind them 
that the actors wanted 57 extra cents and that that could backfire because of the downturn in the OTT service subs. <laughs> and see if she doesn't shed a fucking uh, uh, emerald tear <laughs> that clanks upon her TV tray and then bounces off onto the food stamps near the floor where her one good slipper remains. I'll tell you what's killing show business. Actors backfiring on the OTT service subs. The global box office of 2024 is set to lose $1.5 billion. So one asks oneself, if one were to ask oneself something, if one were to be in the third person and ask oneself something, one might ask, what business in California would be allowed to blow the state six and a half billion dollars, lay off 45,000 people, and sink next year's figures at the tune of a billion and a half dollars, and still think at the end of this that it's worth it, because they're gonna make money. Yeah, someone went, hmm. That, my friends, is where the question lies. What a tantalizing conundrum. Could all these losses amount to nothing in the comprehensive ocean of the wealth that is all of the big four networks? Could David, David Zaslov and Ted Sarandos, worried about the backfire against the OTT subscription subs, be pining and fulminating, fuming in the dead of night as the crystal they hold in their hands turns to dross when their foreign owners come a-calling and look at the profit margin has gone down. A brightly lit boardroom with modern art. Tap water in pitchers. Because we don't drink bottled water anymore in the studio system. We're saving the world. Warped assistants stand in attendance, and the dark one rises from the circle of contempt. And in a voice, voice choked with foreign riches declaims, we don't need the actors. Actors, <laughs> we don't need the actors, no, we don't need the actors. No, we don't need the actors. <laughs> we don't need the actors. Why don't you need the actors? I have a magic program that recreates them, impotent voice and all. And it will write the stories better than the humans can tell their own puny tale. <laughs> They're helpless against the force of our mighty silent foreign investors. But what of the backfiring of the OTT subscription subs? I would like to speak. I represent Netflix. From far away have I journeyed to be here. California is an island to be pruned and plucked and Hollywood thespians striped like the slattens that they are and fornicated till the gold spills ceaselessly into our coffers. 
Why pay them for something we can do better? Finally, after an eternity of being hidden, we the producers can at long last. We will get the credit we deserve, want, need. Why are we not famous? <laughs> Who wishes to look upon the spoon of wither? Who wishes to look upon the Tatum of Channing? Gaze in breathless wonder at the fascination that is a man who counts beans. Feast your stare upon us who are reviled as ugly and greedy when we are the ones who have cut the heart out of the show. That leaves business. Business cuts the bullshit out of the show. I answer to no one except to the board and the Chinese. <laughs> Master, the Zoom meeting starts. The Zoom meeting, it starts. I have a three o'clock. I have a 3.30 tea time in Brentwood. Rent boy Tinder at three. Let them Zoom without us. And in that face of horror, I give you now the 1961 classic, <laughs> The Innocents. <laughs>